Welcome to episode number 70 of The Space in Between. And today is a very different day than probably the last time we spoke. Um, and I would like to talk about that today. Um, yeah, a lot has changed just in a matter of a week or so in our, if you're listening to this, United States, in our country. Um, but the world, yeah, we've been watching this sort of from afar, and now it is hitting closer to home. Uh, so what I want to talk about is, you know, how do we find center in this disorientation? Yeah, we've been asked to change our lives. The entire world has been, to some extent, asked to change our lives in order to keep each other safe. Yeah. So what I'm going to do today is I'll share a little bit about my story from the past. It's probably been about 10 days since I spoke with you the last time and share about my version. And maybe you'll hear some of your story in that version. Um, But know that we all have our own unique stories in all of this. And yeah, I'm sitting outside today. It is a sunny day here in New York and I thought I needed to be out in nature and hear birds and basketball being played in the background and a car driving by. So you might hear some of those kind of sounds um, just because I feel like we're all sort of yearning (laughs) those sounds that life is continuing on. Uh, But yeah, so my version of the story, I'll be sharing that and then kind of looking at how we can look at this globally all together moving forward and finding our own center and then our global center. Uh, So the last time I spoke with you, I was still in Bali and I was feeling in my own space actually pretty good, you know, with my health and my well-being, but, and I really truly thought about staying there because I wasn't quite sure about the travel. I wasn't quite sure, you know, if I got back, would I be able to be with my family? Um, But ultimately, I decided to come back because I wasn't sure if, you know, if travel had been had been banned completely, if I would ever get back, you know, for the foreseen future. So I decided to come back. um, And really, that was because I really just wanted to be able to get closer to my family. Yeah. Knowing that I have to be in quarantine for a bit of time before that was safe, but it felt necessary and I felt on that other side of the world a bit helpless in a lot of ways and so I came online if you follow me on social media or know about on social media you saw that I was offering a lot Um, those last couple days I was in Bali I was offering night practice and um, evening practice and a morning meditation and and then we were starting to curate this online festival that's going to happen this weekend So that was sort of like my way of being with you all. And then traveling back, you know, I was traveling back with a fellow nomad teacher, Jessica, who's been on here a couple times. We were kind of gone our separate ways in the last couple days. We met up and traveled back to the States together. And I have to say that traveling back, you know, traveling is sort of the space in between that other destination and our regular life or vice versa. Right. And so the traveling was really quite interesting, too. You know, 
I, I flew from Bali in Indonesia to Taipei in Asia. And then um, we were diverted to go through Seattle and then New York. And I have to tell you the different worlds that we saw in those all those um, layovers and those experiences was dramatically different. So for Bali, we basically had to get our temperature taken just to enter the airport, which I thought, okay, that's good. And, and you know, lines were moving quickly in that respect. Uh, so we just got our temperature, we were able to go in and do our check-in. And when we were in check-in, uh, they had recognized that our one of our flights, our original second flight was canceled in Taipei and we'd have a two-day layover, which we had known about. But they had said that we couldn't be in Taipei for a certain amount of hours for a layover. If we had, I don't know what the number was, but if we had been over, let's say, 20 hours, we would have had to stay in quarantine for 14 days in Taipei. So that wasn't really an option. <laughs> and so they were able to, again, kind of shift our flight so that we, once we got to Taipei, we would change our flights to go um, on a sooner flight, a quicker flight to the States. So I was very grateful for that, that they caught it, first of all, because if we had landed in Taipei without knowing this, we probably would have found out too late to do anything about it and then would have been stuck there. So I was very grateful for for EVA Airlines to catch that in Bali. But when we were there in that airport, everybody was wearing a mask, you know, especially all of the workers um, on the plane, all of the workers, all the flight attendants were wearing masks. So you felt somewhat safe, you know, you weren't, we weren't all just immediately sharing our, our germs. Um, and a lot of people were on the flights were too. And then when we landed in Taipei, we were very graciously um, met with um, uh, somebody who was going to escort us to our new flight because things had been changed and they wanted to make sure that we were taken care of. And so while we were doing this, we're going through so many different checkpoints. We didn't have to stand in the lines because he was trying to get us to our, our next flight that was had a very short layover. So we're going through all these different checkpoints, but as we were walking, even at a fast pace, they were taking our temperatures. Yeah, there were monitors all over at the checkpoints that were taking people's temperatures as we were walking through. And we were talking to our friends, uh, Tim, who, if you're out there, shout out. Um, yeah, and he was telling us all about that and you know why, how they were taking care of things in Taipei. And again, everybody was wearing masks, and when we were on that flight, when we got from our flight from Taipei to Seattle, everybody on the air, airline was wearing masks. And then we landed in Seattle. And when we, before we did we, that, we got a piece of paper with um, our, our flights, yeah, with our, on our flight about our health. Yeah. Have you been in these, you know, these countries? What has your, you know, health been like for the past 14 days and all of this? So thinking we were going to ha hand that off into immigration or customs or something. And nobody asked us about that. When we landed, there were, there were no masks. I didn't see anybody in, um, in the airport that was, you know, in service, really wearing masks, maybe one or two. But the, the nice gentleman at immigration that was interviewing me, no mask. There was no, like, divider between us. Um, customs, same thing. I tried to hand my health paper to several people. They said, oh, I don't need that. 
and there was no temperature being taken. We had to go back. We got our, our luggage. We went back through and we went through uh, security and actually it was interesting because I got stopped. <laughs> I got stopped through the machine. Um, something went off. I think it was my necklace or something. And then they did something with my hands. They kind of wiped my hands with something and put it in the computer and there was an alarm. And I was thinking, oh my God, this is the temperature. Oh my God, do I have a temperature? Do I have the virus? And I was actually, you know, a little bit nervous because I didn't, I didn't feel anything, but I, you know, who knew? And she said, oh no, I'm not worried about that. It's that you have something on your hands that is similar to making a bomb. <laughs> and I laughed because I had just put on their Purell that was just on the other side of the machine because every time I've been seeing it I've been trying to do my my duty of washing hands or sanitizing so I literally just put this Purell on my hands and then she tested that I had a balm making material on my hands and they searched me they did a very thorough search on my body and my bags and asked me if I opened this bag would something hurt them and I just sort of laughed because here they are freaking out about me, this little yogi hippie girl, um, possibly having a bomb, but they didn't have masks on and protecting <laughs> themselves from this virus that has hit their city very, very hard at that point. Um, so yeah, continued on there, flew from Seattle to New York, no masks by any of the flight attendants and landed in New York and it was domestic. So I didn't have to go through immigration or or any sort of health check there. But again, no, no one asked me about my health. Nobody, um, you know, there were no masks being worn. And I was just actually somewhat alarmed, you know, that, oh my, you know, is our country taking this seriously? Are we really taking this seriously? You know, here I just came from, you know, a place that Taipei didn't get hit, but they were very um, vulnerable. Yeah, Bali was also very vulnerable because there are a lot of um, Chinese tourists that had been there, but hadn't really been hit because they were taking such um, serious protocols. Even when I landed in late February, I had that health form, same health form, handed it to somebody in Bali. They took my temperature and they gave me a piece of paper back saying I was okay and I was tested not tested, but my temperature was taken on February 27th. So I was thinking, of course, like our country's going to get hit because we're not taking it seriously. These two big cities that one, Seattle had been hit and New York City, who I could just see the potential of it just festering. And then there you go. A couple days later, we are in the state that we're in now with New York City with, I think when I looked last 13 deaths in one day. And I'm sure that's going to start to go up a lot more. Um, so that was really interesting to witness and be a part of. And um, just, you know, also kind of worrying about my own health. Not too much in this respect. I mean, I was being aware of it, but not like hyper, hyper vigilant. Um, but, you know, being really aware of it and aware of my interaction with other people and what I was touching and, and all that. Um, and so now I landed back in a town that I know very well, but in a different house because I have been, as some of you know, homeless for the past year. I decided to give up my home in Beacon um, to, to establish a new, a new home within this year. 
And my, it was actually coming back to Bali that was really going to begin that journey. I had done a lot of projects here and there in New York, but then also doing a lot of traveling this past year. And sort of like this marker was my sister's wedding in May was going to be like my last thing to do in the East Coast and then going to the next destination, which was um, New Mexico or somewhere else if I had felt the calling. So I'm back in Beacon in self-quarantine at a, a student's house who I had already arranged to do this because I had a couple of projects here lined up to, to wrap up my time in Beacon and, uh, and then surgery, as I might have shared with you. Um, but all of that has been canceled. You know, that was all canceled coming back, but I just knew, okay, I needed to kind of hunker, bunker down and, and take care of myself and make sure I'm safe to go back with my family in West Virginia. So I've been kind of in lockdown with all, like you all have, if you're listening to this, wherever you are, you probably have been experiencing some sort of level of lockdown um, the past at least week, maybe two weeks for some of you. It's been a week now for me. Um, and that was an interesting transition because yes, I came back to a place where I'm familiar with. I'm looking at Mount Beacon as I share this with you, and I know this view very well. My old apartment had the same, very similar, similar view, um, but I'm in a different house, and but I'm doing a lot of the same things that I usually do. You know, a lot of the times I'm working from home, building programs, making calls, doing a lot of Zoom the past year. <laughs> Um, with, you know, practices, sessions with students or mentoring or business calls. So when I came back, I kind of jumped right back into what I normally do. But I almost kind of pumped it up a level because I wanted to be of service. So all those practices I was offering in Bali of evening practice and and uh, meditations in the morning, I was still I was still doing. I kind of tweaked it a little bit, but I was still doing multiple offerings a per day and that's not something I usually do in terms of in the public like that so um, and then in the midst of that Jen Earing who's been on here she's a nomad teacher she came to me with this amazing idea I'm so very grateful to do as she called let's do summer solstice online and I was like I don't know what that means because we're in March so do you want to do something in June and she said no I just mean like bring the community together and do it online and I thought oh okay let's do that and I I was so sitting there I was thinking okay we do have a great Hudson Valley community that she was referring to but I have made so many contacts over the years, yeah, in the dance world, in the yoga world, and Pilates, and healing, and I've done a lot of traveling the past at least seven years, if not more, but particularly seven years, and I thought, I have all of these amazing practitioners that I want to share with the world, and so that's what we did. I emailed, I think it was like almost 100 um, people, and if I didn't email you, I apologize. It was sort of like remembering and remembering your email and adding it to the list. Um, and we got back, I think it was almost 40 replies, if not more. There were a few that I had to say, I'm sorry, it's been too late to submit information. But um, yeah, so we have four, over 40 practitioners, yoga teachers, breathwork facilitators, healers, 
uh, dancers that are offering their services to you all. So now we're gonna do this three-day festival starting Friday, t tomorrow night, Friday, um, with a, just an opening ceremony, but then we have classes all day Saturday, all day Sunday, all day Monday, and there are live classes. There's probably about 10 each day, and then we have 10 recorded classes. So each person has uh, submitted one thing, at least, and you can participate with them, with all of us, because I'm gonna be participating too which is i'm so grateful for jen for having this idea and i'm so grateful that she's been putting a lot of work into it and i've been trying my best to do it too and that's what i mean like i dived into work and this is what i do maybe this sounds familiar for you is when i feel stress on the outside i sort of go inward with work <laughs> we have kids playing in the background ah it's so exciting to hear that again um but yeah uh, so I kind of dive deep into helping her and being of service on Facebook and Instagram. And yesterday, I think it was yesterday, all of the days sort of blend together, I hit a huge ball. And my body was really feeling it. As I've shared before, my body was feeling stress prior to this. And I was really doing a lot of healing in Bali for myself. And I was feeling good. And then just yesterday, it all came back up. And I knew that I needed to slow down. And it's interesting because this is what I was sharing with all of you on here in Facebook and Instagram and newsletters. Like this is our call to slow down. You know, Mother Earth has been like, I need a freaking break. And you do too. You guys go, 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 go. And I'm going to put a little thing here in, in our universe to let's make us all slow down. Um, and so I wasn't quite doing that myself, even though I was telling you all, hey, slow down, chill out. I was still keeping up my busy schedule of work. And so I pulled back a lot yesterday. It was very humbling. You know, I just was kind of there crying, <laughs> feeling the waves um, of the enormity of all of this and then going really deep into my own experience of my body you know so it's sort of like going between these like macro and the micro and the macro and then micro and then like everything in between and feeling a lot of th those waves of anxiety and not so much fear but just anxiety of like what is going on <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> is happening here and and then just and then my own life like I don't know, grateful that I don't have rent to pay because I know there's so many people out there with mortgages and rents and they don't know how they're going to pay it because they might have gotten laid off or they might be, you know, put on hold for work for a period, for an unknown period of time. So I'm really super grateful for that, that I don't have like, quote unquote, a rent to pay. Um, but I have this big fat question mark, which used to be really exciting. But now I'm like, oh my God, what is home? Where am I going? And feeling like I'm not quite sure if I feel safe to go to my grandmother's because, you know, and my mom's too, you know, because if I was exposed and maybe I'm, you know, don't have symptoms, but maybe if I was exposed with all the traveling that I've done, I would hate to know that I'm bringing it to her, their home. 
So yeah, keeping my distance and, and not quite knowing when it's going to be safe to go there. Um, so I think you all can kind of relate in these, these different levels that I'm, I'm talking, speaking to. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we are, we're definitely, I've been talking in a couple mentor calls this past week with my nomad teachers and just friends on one-on-one FaceTimes and, and Zooms and all that. And we've just been talking about this uncertainty and the unknown, the uncertainty, the space in between that we talk about a lot here on this podcast. It's something that I've become somewhat friends with. Uh, but there is like what I feel is a little bit uneasy for me, at least, is the unknowing of how long. How long is this going to be? Like, am I going to be in isolation for a month, five months, 18 months? forever like how how are we moving forward from this and that for me I don't know for you but that for me is sort of what's creating the anxiety um and then just knowing you know we're watching every day the numbers go up and not quite understanding you know like if we're all in this together and and taking the time to self-protect um and social protect rather um, these numbers, are they going to go down? You know, are we, where is the, where is the sort of quote unquote end to all of this? And how many more lives do we have to watch that are being lost and lives that are being affected, um, before other people wake up to this and really see that this is serious, you know, because I, there's still people out there who just you know, they say, oh, I have a strong immune system. I feel that I am I one of those people, too, that feels that I have a strong immune system. But I also know that I'm susceptible. And I also know that I could potentially be carrying it. And I would never want to, you know, I want to protect the people that I love. And people that I'm even just, whatever, at the grocery store with. So, you know, are those people who haven't quite seen... Um, the severity of it yet uh, how when are how long is it going to take for them to wake up and take it seriously and then for all of us to you know go into this retreat and self-protection and social protection before we can really see a difference and then once it does like what's that going to look like <laughs> you know how are we going to reintegrate into the world how are things going to change and I think that there is something really beautiful that will unfold. I think it's unfolding for us now. Um, so I kind of called this podcast of how do we find center in this disorientation, right? So all of our worlds, whether you want to admit it or not, <laughs> there's some kids laughing and playing. Yeah. Um, so if you, yeah, even if you are not fully accepting that your world has changed. Your world has changed. All of our worlds have changed. And that's what I think is actually pretty amazing is that we're watching how this um, started in one city in China. I think, what month is this? It was like four months ago, three months ago. I'm not quite sure in terms of where we are in time. and how it has now affected all of us. And it's a reminder that we are all interconnected. We are all interconnected. 
and what our new question is or new challenge or obstacle is within that space is how can we find new ways of connecting yeah how can we find new ways of connecting and and finding new ways of seeing and feeling center yeah because our new center, our old center rather, our old center, our old um, paradigm of what balance is or um, is, you know, what we found was um, safe and stable is no longer there. Yeah, all those systems that I spoke of in the last meditation, all these systems are being challenged right now and a lot of them are breaking down. So we're finding new center. We're finding new ways of connecting. <clears throat> so we're not going to be able to go back, right? Even if we do say we all are diligent with our self and social protection um, for a good month, let's say. Every th- we were in the ideal situation for a good month. We're not going to be able to go back to that life. It's kind of in our lifetime, at least mine, Um, It's similar to 9-11. You know, I was in New York City after 9-11, and I felt like even though I had only been there for a year or two prior to that, probably, yeah, I think it was almost two years by that time, I felt that things had changed there. Like the city was different. And I feel that that's going to be the case for all of us. Yeah, there's no going back to the old ways, the old paradigms. So I don't really have any advice. (laughs) I don't have, I wish that I could. I wish I could tell you all how to move forward, right? If we can't go back, then how do we move forward? I don't know yet. Um, I wish I could, I wish I had that. Uh, And I said that today in our mentoring um, talk. Somebody asked me a question about this and I said, I don't have the answers, but this is how I feel. But this is how I feel. And, and from the different various teachings that I've studied, you know, I shared in the last podcast, I'm reading um, a book by Alexander Shia, and he's talking about this very scenario, you know, in a different, in a different time and space, he uses the Bible to show um, what radical transformation looks like. But he talks about these four different stages. And what we're in is sort of like, the first moving into the second stage and the first one is there is some sort of rupture there is some sort of break um, that is basically breaking what we believe to be stable what we believe to be real and to shift our perspective and then that second stage that we're entering now is looking at how we deal with the suffering how do we go through and move through or with the, the obstacles So that's where we're at. But then the third is how do we receive joy? And then the fourth is how do we bring that out into the world? And so just looking at those teachings and the other teachings I've shared in the um, Tibetan Buddhism, um, when we were looking at the bardo a few episodes back, same thing, same stages, uh, but just different words, different vocabulary. but this is, these are the questions that I want to pose to you so that we can kind of start to explore that third. It might not be for a while, that third stage, but how can you start to contemplate it is, you know, what, what's most important to you? What brings you joy? 
Because right now you're probably freaking out about how you're going to pay the rent or how you're going to get groceries for your kids. And those are real. I am not disregarding that at all. Those are real reasons to be anxious. But the whole world is feeling this too. And so if we're all feeling this too, something major is going to change. And I think it's going to be the way that we interact with the world and see, again, what is most important. Maybe this is the call to realize, oh, we need universal health care. We need to take care of all these sick beings, right? Not just the elites, those 1%. Um, oh, we need to make sure that our children are fed, right? We're going to start to see that, you know, I know it's a dirty word in our country is socialism of all it is is taking care of each other so maybe we're going to start to see that oh we need to take care of each other not just take care of myself but we're going to realize that we need to change our ways and how we interact with people um, because we're all being affected by this and again I, I could be wrong but this is Something that I think that if we really sit together with and sit with ourselves with, we'll start to see, you know, what is important to us, what does bring us joy, um, might not be that paycheck. <laughs> that paycheck is just the, the thing to give us what we need over our heads and the food to nourish our bodies. But it's not really bringing us a lot of joy. And so maybe there is some space for us to experience in this downtime of those things again that bring us joy. And I think I said this on a morning meds the other day of, you know, kind of letting this be that time when you were a little kid. I don't know about you, but I was an only child and I had a lot of alone time. <laughs> and I just really dove into my own inner world like I would dance around and I'd have all these stories happening and I was like building little fairy lands with making tents and okay maybe you won't be doing that <laughs> in your 30s or 40s or maybe you will <laughs> but maybe there was something there that you sort of put off to the side maybe it was some sort of arts or some sort of expression of yourself that you buried inside of yourself maybe you can bring that back out into the world i think i saw one of my old hair um, stylists ryan ryan cotton if you're out there i've been watching him play flute on instagram <laughs> like i didn't know he played flute i don't know i haven't reached out to him to see what the story is behind that if he's been playing this whole time but it's just been such a joy to like see him connect with that in in the public eye maybe he's doing it privately i don't know but that was really beautiful and then just a lot of other people just sharing sharing what's inside of them with the world um you know i was dancing on facebook live for a couple of days i decided to pull back because i just needed to take some of my own like personal time to take care of my body but it was it was bringing me some joy there to know that like I get to share this with the world again it's something that I used to do professionally because I I found so much joy in sharing movement with other people so what is what brings you joy what what reminds you that you are alive still and what is important to you so I invite you to look at that and, and feel through that 
Um, I watched This Is Us. Oh, we got a nice little car alarm. <laughs> You're getting it all today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I watched This Is Us. I, I still love that show. And it's not addressing what we're all going through, but I loved, I think it, the last episode that I watched, um, I won't go into all of the details. If you watch the show, you'll know. But there's a, an older, an elder, um, talking about two of the younger um, versions of the characters go to talk to this elder and like kind of feeling a lot of grief about a lost uh, son. And, and they wanted to go to this elder for, for advice on like, how do you get through this? And he goes on this really beautiful monologue and there's like all these like video montages of all these different moments in people's lives um, that were all sort of intertwined. But, he, but he's basically saying, you know, these, these devastating moments like loss of a loved one or anything, you know, they were showing other little video snips of other, other moments of loss um, are so intertwined with joy. Yeah. That's sort of like what I've been saying is like joy is humming a lot, humming us along the whole time. So even in those moments of like devastation, there is joy within it and there's joy beyond it too. Um, so just a reminder that, yeah, we are going through a really hard time and I am not, like I said, I don't want to belittle the people who are being directly affected by this, by being sick right now or, or feeling, caring for a loved one or, or worried, not being near that loved one because they have to take care of themselves. You know, those are really, truly hard times and I'm so with you. Um, but can you find the space where joy is there? Remember that person, send them love and joy and, and healing, right? So it's not just about, oh my God, they're sick. Oh my God, I hope, you know, like that, that sort of like somber energy, that heavy negative energy. Can you still send them that love and that, and that, um, more lightness, light, uh, lightness. Yeah, we'll say that. Um, and remember them, you know, if they have passed, remember them. Or if they're sick right now, remember them as healthy, right? Remember them as, you know, some of their happier moments. So I'm, I'm really trying not to um, disregard what is actually truly happening within maybe your own world or somebody else's world, but can you find um, something around it, right? And it might be really hard to hear right now to just be joyful, right? I know that can be really hard and God, if I was going through it, I'd probably want to throw my phone <laughs> across the room if somebody told me that and that time and space, but come back to this later <laughs> and maybe. Um, and the last question is like, how do we drop the old storylines? Yeah, how do we drop the old paradigms? And I think that universe, Mother Earth, whatever you want to call it, is sort of doing that for us right now. It's tearing apart all those old systems, those old paradigms, these storylines of what we thought life would be normally. Yeah, our normal day is 
is not normal anymore. So that's an old storyline. All of a sudden, it's an old storyline. All those things that you used to do two weeks ago, that's an old storyline. We have a new storyline. So how can you be present in this new storyline and be present with the possibility that this storyline might change into a completely different storyline? That's all I have right now. A lot of questions for you. <laughs> Maybe some nuggets of contemplation for you. Um, my own experience. Maybe you were able to see a little bit of yourself within that. Yeah, we all have our own versions of what we're going through right now. But if we kind of pull back, we're all feeling a lot of the same feelings. And so just remember that. Remember if you're having some sort of moment where it's really hard and you're disagreeing with someone, know that they're going through it too. So that's what I have for you. Um, thanks for being here. I did take a little bit of extra time to put this episode together. I usually release it on Tuesdays, but... I needed a little bit of time to get back and integrate into this new life. <laughs> um, but yeah, please join us. This is coming out on Thursday evening. And so if you hear this before Saturday or Sunday, come join us over at our three-day festival, Nomad and Beyond, a global community, um, community online event. So. We have, again, like 10 classes, I think about 10 classes a day starting Saturday. We'll do an opening ceremony on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But we have classes all day long, starting at 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, because that's 7 a.m. in Spain. We have Bodhi leading a sunrise practice in Barcelona, all the way up until 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time with Angel Deer, who's leading a shamanic breath work, and there's probably like 10 other classes in between on Saturday. And then Sunday, we start up again pretty early. I think it's 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time because that's 6 p.m. in Bali with Marie and Martin in Bali, who do a beautiful sound healing and um, a reading from the Kashik Records. I did a session with them while I was in Bali, and I just loved it, loved the experience. So I'm excited to have them. Um, virtually and then we're going all the way up until I think I end it no sorry that's Monday Sunday I can't remember who ends Sunday I think I can't remember but I think it's like seven seven o'clock at night Eastern Standard Time and then we come back Monday morning I think around 8 a.m. and we go to 5 p.m. I will end it with movement 109's who you are becoming uh, session and then we'll do a closing ceremony so we have a lot going on again pre-recorded classes too so if you don't want to stay to a time <laughs> um, you can just move at your own pace yeah you can you can definitely look at there's about ten, at least 10 recorded sessions so please come join us and if for some reason you're listening to this yeah after the weekend and you're like ah oh, I missed it damn you can join our online studio. So online studio, we already have like over a hundred practices with our nomad teachers and myself. 
and then um, these a lot of these offerings at the festival will be still on our online studio after so you'll still be able to participate not live but in the recorded version of it so that's all I have for you right now um, things are always changing I'm sure we'll be finding new ways to connect in these uncertain times so just keep checking in and let us know how you're doing in this space in between.